You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And on today's episode, we're continuing our series, Stewards of the Bride. We're talking about elders and shepherds, and today I want to start talking about deacons. Mm, deacons. Um, ironically, the, the church that we pastored together, we, we've been going through the book of Romans, and on Sunday, Brian, you preached on Romans 16, verses 1 through 2. Yes, and you said ironically, but I think providentially. Providentially, that was we, the word. We put together the Romans series a long time before we started working through this other topic. Yeah. Uh, and so now here we are. Here we are. We've been talking about elders and deacons here at our church and on this podcast. And, and then you preached a sermon on deacons uh, this past Sunday. So I'd like to, for our listeners, kind of unpack that sermon a little bit. Obviously, everyone who listens to our podcast probably wasn't at church that day or watched the live <laughs> Right. Stream. And they're like, what church do you... Redeeming Life Church... In Bountiful, Utah. Yeah. You could find the sermon if you wanted to. It's not the most exciting sermon. I will concede But it was that. informative because it was about deacons. And So here's, I want to be clear about something in regard to the sermon. Yeah. The thrust of that text, the point of the text is not about deacons. Right. Paul was not making a strong effort right. to say, hey, uh, you know. Here's what deacons here's are. Here's what deacons are. And so I think it's important we remember that if we're going to be exegetical expository preachers that we need to preach what the point of the text is yeah there are times i think when we might need to go into some more systematic theology to teach the church based on the context of the church right right? so that particular sermon uh was about was about paul saying look i commend phoebe to you our sister um, you know, help her. She's great. She's worthy of honor. And then he goes on to uh, talk about all these other people in the church. Hey, greet all these people. Yep. But he says something in there that is fascinating to me. Okay. And that is, uh, you know, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant, or depending on your translation, they might have taken that Greek word, made it into an English word, a title, and we call that deacon, uh, which comes from a few different possible words, but uh, deacon, right? So she is a deacon. And then he doesn't go on to explain all that because they knew what it was. Right. They understood what he was saying. Is she just a, is she just somebody who serves? Is she somebody who serves in a very special office and she was elected to serve a three-year term and right. to do this and to do that, whatever we turn deacon right. into, bap? Is she the leader just, of the church and they're the ones who hire the pastor? Like whatever the various roles I was going to say, are. I'm glad the church in Rome knew because I feel like the church in America... Always has a different view on deacons depending on where you are. We don't know. And I, and <laughs> so. so one of the things that we do is we try to take our understanding of what that deacon is. Oh, that's a person who's elected, and, and then they vote, and then we want this person, and then we do that person, and it's this thing, and it's that thing, and it meets, this, it meets our criteria of what a deacon is. Then we import that understanding back right. into what Phoebe was. Right. And the point okay, I was sure. making was let's go the other way. Let's let God dictate what this is. What is this servant? What is idea. Phoebe, right? right. What, is, what does that mean? And the reason that's so helpful or significant is because the same word shows up in Philippians uh, 1.1. Hey, greet the saints, the elders, and the deacons. And then it shows up again in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 about, yeah. hey, this is what a deacon should be. And so now we have this word that... Uh, shows up in a few different ways that has become a thing and we need to let it inform what this servant is and so that was kind of what I, why i was preaching okay the sermon what and led you to talk about deacons like on look, and we're dealing with that right, right. we're dealing with that and so 
We're also dealing with that in the podcast. Right. Probably a little bit because we're dealing with it so much in our lives. This sure. is an unscripted type deal where we're like, let's record a podcast. Why not deal with it this yeah. way? Right. And, it, and we're dealing with it in our lives because at the church, we're trying to understand really what it is. We want to model it well. There's a lot of conversation right now in the in the church world about what an elder is. Right. And, and that brings in what a deacon I was is. Say, and, if you're going to talk about elder and pastor and overseer, that's, there's going to be a waterfall effect that eventually leads to deacons. That's right. Yep, that's right. And so, well, so go ahead. Here I was just going to say, do you want to share some of the high points from your study on that text and the study of the word deacons? Here's what, here was the premise that I preached on that, that, that anyone who serves the church, and I really have I've come to grips with this, anyone who serves the church should fall under a certain set of special criteria. Sure. Right? I this agree is with that. what God says the people who serve his bride should should be like. And we see that in the Old Testament with the priests. Yeah. And we see uh, we see that when Moses is working his tail off and Jethro shows up and says, "Hey, you need to you need some you, help. You need some help. So find people that meet this criteria. They they're, they're yeah. not one for a bribe." They're faithful in this way. Uh, like, this is the special criteria. Now, in this case, it was coming from Jethro. We have it canonized. Right. Uh, we see that happen in Acts chapter 6. Hey, you need these guys to come help the apostles. These assistants right. are going to help the apostles fix the distribution of the bread problem. And I'm going to propose that it says that there was a distribution of bread to the Jews, not necessarily to the sisters. So they might have been distributing bread to everyone in Jerusalem who had need, not just Christians. We don't know. But we know that you know there was the Hellenistic... Jews, then they weren't, and there was a distribution issue. So now we have a problem. So go fix it. So they set us a, a, a criteria that needs to be met. They pick seven men who fit that criteria. They give them the responsibility to go fix the problem. We have a set criteria. Right. So what I was really getting at in the sermon was, anyone who serves the church should fall under a set criteria. Timothy in, in chapter 3 gives us criteria for elders. And if you're doing work that is... El- we talked about two offices, right? Right. If you're doing elder work, here's the criteria. If you're doing deacon work, any any service you do needs to fall in one of those two categories. So right. here's the criteria. And then you preach the children's sermon, which we, we line the children's sermon up with the same point. And I really like the illustration that you use, which I think is worth talking about here with the babysitting thing. Right? Sure. So yeah. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, I always try to engage with the the kids before you preach, and so we do a little kid sermon. And I was trying to think of how to talk to five year olds about deacons, right? Yeah, or <laughs> so, or just servants in general. Or servants criteria. in general. And uh, so I use the example of babysitters. You know, mom and dad go out, and they always hire a babysitter to kind of watch the kids at home, even if they're seven or ten or whatever. Um, but there's always a criteria, right? You don't just let anybody in the door. And I use the example. Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you have some sort of vetting process, uh, whether you use a service or it's a friend that you know or, you know, a daughter or a child of a friend, you know. But I use the example of, you know, you don't necessarily, mom and dad probably don't call an axe murderer to come into your house and watch right. a kid while they go out. Yeah, and you put like, what's an axe for? We'll talk later. <laughs> That's a funny point. <laughs> but, uh. Because the parents care about their children. They love their children. And I use the, the example, of, you know, Christ loves the church. He died for the church, and so he cares for the church. So Yes. And I think that's the point. A lot of people go, oh, well, it's it's limiting, and now people can't serve, right. or now people... No, it's that God loves the church so much, right. he loves us so much, that he would be concerned about who serves 
the church and who well, cares we, for that's why it's so important for elders right we see that with the elders of like you don't just let somebody new off the street a new convert become a pastor and leave the church because right. he might be persuaded into and, false doctrine and these are people we're talking about eternity we're talking about people yeah. who are helping us to die well yeah. and to teach us well and to parent well and to walk through life well and to be faithful well and and you and god just says it can't just be any Sure. Anybody, it's going to be these people because I care so much about it that I want the right people right. serving in the right way, and it should demonstrate His love, which is why elders are held to a higher standard before the sure. Lord. Yeah, don't mess around with my bride in yeah. the wrong ways. Don't hurt them. Don't be the hired hand shepherd. Don't be right. the one who runs away when the wolves come. Yeah. Don't be the one that just eat. You know, we see that in the Old Testament model too, with you know just all this bad practice, and Jesus calls the Pharisees kind of that. Yeah. And that, and God doesn't want that. Right. So that's the criteria for the elder. But I'm saying, as I did in that sermon and even in this podcast, the criteria for the deacon is equally as important. And so then the question is, what is this servant deacon thing? And that's what it means, servant. I think the easiest way that I like to think about it is like helper, assistant. Yeah. Right? Assistant. Yeah. And so they're that's assisting good. the elders in the work to... The church. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I mean, I, that, that's what we see Phoebe doing, right? In Romans, is she's helping out. Well, she's, she took the letter. I think. I mean, it, it's it's pretty likely she took the letter. Yeah. So she was had to be trusted. She's right. traveling anywhere between seven hundred and sixteen hundred miles Shoot. to take the letter. Uh, you know, and then you know, you imagine what's in this letter. This is this is the stuff of of major theology in the church. Yeah. This is the stuff that sparked the. The Reformation. This is the stuff that's radically changed yeah. lives today. Right. Uh, we just preached through this series. Like she was entrusted by Paul yeah. and the church in Centuria, which may have been like a house church or maybe part of the church in Corinth, to right. take this letter to the church in Rome. Right. That's pretty amazing stuff. You don't just pick anybody. You don't just like hey, <laughs> sure. You, yeah. you, you, here you go. Hey, here, you're take, going that way. You're going you that way. This, yeah. Would you, you know? just drop this letter so, off? I mean, it's a big yeah. deal. And that's just delivering a letter. Right. And he gives her this title of she, you know, commends her as this servant in the letter and says, hey, you know, you should help her in her ministry as well. You should help her in the work she's doing. So we've talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, but I want to dive in a little bit more. So we're talking about deacons today and we've talked about elders. So I, servants. servants. I think a lot of church. people get in their head. Sorry. No, no, no. Ministers. I think so. Here's what happens. A lot of people, when you say deacon, and, and I've been this way for a long time until I really dug into this bible study we think deacon is that one service role that's right. different than the worship leader and different than the children's workers and different than the people who serve and help the pastor in so many ways and so we got to stop thinking in those terms deacon is not one category of that one kind of servant deacon is the overarching umbrella for all the servants well that was going to be my question oh, okay is, is how does that work and how does that filter out into the church then because i've never thought about an accountant for the church being a deacon well, per se let me ask you some questions that's that's a good way to go let's go to uh first timothy three where where paul is talking to Timothy and saying, look, you need to make sure you get the right people in the church lined up. Now, he doesn't give... These are the assistants. So you have the elders, the pastors, right. right? The pastors doing the elder work. These are the assistants to this church service. He doesn't He doesn't give Titus the role for assistance because they don't even have the elders installed yet. Right. Okay, but here he gives them to this established church. Uh, he's, he's written to the church. Timothy is serving in Ephesus, and he gives uh, elder... 
requirements, and then he gives these these requirements for servants. Servants likewise should be this worthy. Is verse eight. Oh yeah, so sorry. First Timothy three eight. It says deacons, but I'm just gonna say servants so we can kind of hear it in this yeah. way. Servants likewise should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and they also must be tested first, lest they prove blameless. Uh, then they can serve as a servant or a deacon. Wives or women, um, there's a lot of debate. We can talk about that maybe in another podcast. Women, too, must be worthy of respect, not slander, self-controlled, faithful in everything, or wives, but I'm going to say maybe sure. women. Uh, servants are to be the husband of one wife, or he's talking about males in that case, obviously. Uh, managing their children or their own households completely. Uh, those who have served well as deacons or servants acquire a good standing for themselves and create boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. And you said accountant. You have an accountant serving, yeah. handling the money of the church. Do right. you want your accountant to be less than trustworthy? No. Because that's a pretty important category. Do you want your accountant to come in drunk? No, probably not. You want your accountant not to be respected? No, he should be respectful. You want your accountant to be greedy for money? I feel like that would be a bad thing in an accountant. Yeah, because it says not greedy for money. Yeah. Do you want them to hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience? Do you want them to be believers who really understand yeah. the gospel? Yeah, I think it's beneficial to have a Christian accountant versus Slanderers? somebody off the street. Do you want your accountant to be a slanderer? No. Not self-controlled? No. Do you want them, if you have a... I mean, like, so this says uh, deacons would be the husband of one wife, managing their children in their own households completely. I think that's in regard to the male servants. Now, there's a lot of debate here. Some people say women can't serve in the church as deacons or servants in the church this way. But But, uh, this is talking about households and managing households, so the management role of a household usually would fall in responsibility-wise to the men. So I think that's talking to men. Let's say you have a male accountant. Do you want them to have... Uh, do you want them not to be able to run their household well? No. Okay, so to answer your question, is there anything in this list of requirements that you think shouldn't apply to your accountant? No, I, I think that all those things would be part of a job description or a requirement for an accountant. That'd be pretty important. So if God's saying, if you're going to have an accountant in your church, your accountant should be this kind of Christian. Okay. Is that reasonable? Sure, I understand that. I mean, he's representing the church. He's taking care of the money. Like, it would look bad if he was stepping out on his wife or abusive oh, oh. to his children. Right. Or, or she. Yeah. I'll even or say she. she, and that's what we can... We sure. can that's we can a whole that. hot yeah. topic, right? But, but, I mean, but that's the accountant. What about, like, the gardener or the landscaper? You know? I think there's a point when... If we're talking about really serving the bride, right... Serving the church, God has a parameter. But if right. we have to hire an electrician, no, I'm talking if these were people in the church. These are regular. These are people in the church. Yeah. Then they should probably be good Christians because also that's a witness sure. to what the church is like because they're still serving and caring for the bride. Do you want the gardener to be or come coming drunk? No. Do you want the? I think the idea is the role of the service. Okay, and, right. and think about this: the money for the accounting, the garden for the gardener. You're not serving the garden you're serving the lord right you're serving the church even though the work you're doing happens to be through the garden you are caring for the bride of christ and basically if we're going to be faithful to god's word then the people who serve the church should be uh, people who meet these criteria well scripture says that we should do all things as in Living under the Lord and serving Him. Exactly, and know, so even so. the guard. Well, what if we, what if we got an unbeliever who was a drunk and didn't know how to manage money, but it got up close. Okay, that's now that's an evangelistic right. effort. And sure. If your church wants to do that, fine. Yeah. But I'm going to suggest. 
that if you're serving the bride of Christ, right? which I think what would be helpful, and maybe we could do this in another podcast because um, it's kind of lengthy, it's helpful to see how this sort of transpired through the New Testament mm. and then sort of moved into yeah. into today. Do you think that right. the, the early church in, in Acts or maybe this church in Ephesus had to deal with finding a gardener? Probably not. At prob- or <laughs> you know? who was doing the work. Right. So I think it's helpful if we think about well, it in those even, terms, right? I think you mentioned this in your sermon on Sunday. Even the 19th or 20th century church didn't deal with some of the issues that we do today. Yeah. I, we, I don't think there was an AB team in the... In the 18th, <laughs> in the 18th and 19th century. You know. Yeah. I mean, and that's... So they didn't. They weren't wrestling with questions of like, should the person who runs your soundboard be a believer and meet right. these criteria? Even 200 I mean, years ago. I've gone to churches that have hired non-believers to, you know, play on the worship team. Yeah, it's just playing a guitar. Right. That's one attitude. It's just playing a guitar. It's leading worship of the people of God to pray to provide praises to right. God in the bride of Christ. Maybe that guitar player shouldn't be in the middle of an affair, uh, addicted to meth, and they are on the stage. And a horrible, terrible person who beats women and children, but it's a really good guitar player, right? Like, we want to think so, through these criteria. So when you're looking at hiring somebody for the church, whether it's in the kids' ministry or on the worship team or whatever, is this the list you go to? Do you, do you create a job description outside of this or so in addition I, to this? I heard a really good podcast. Uh, the Nine Marks guys did a podcast, and I think it's called Titles? Ministry Titles? I think that's a new one, right? They just it's did like that the recently. Last, I don't know. So it's probably like recorded some. Too. So if you're looking for it and you're listening to it at a later date, probably somewhere in the September, October timeline, 2023, nine marks podcast. Uh, like ministry titles or titles or oh, something. Oh, episode 242 on staffing titles. On staffing titles. It's on their okay? pastor's talk podcast. I found that to be really helpful because now they didn't go maybe exactly this direction. Um, but they talked about the titles at Capitol Hill and okay. how they thought about it. And so it kind of goes in the same way. I would say you're talking about hiring somebody. Right. I think the opening criteria should be, is this person going to perform elder functions for the most part? And they need to talk about the two. Sometimes we're doing things that are shepherding. Yeah. But for the bulk of the work, the, the expectation of the work, is it more deacon work, elder work? Right. Okay, so we determine what it is. Okay, so it's elder or deacon. Great, it's deacon work. It's not elder work, so therefore it has to be deacon work. I mean, that's kind of, okay, if it's not elder work, it's got to be in this other category, the deacon bucket. Because when there's only two offices, we're not creating a third office. So it's deacon work. So the beginning of the job description should be these, like, or the job criteria should be this. Yeah. And then, you know, subsequent... (laughs) Coming underneath it should be: Can the person play the guitar? Can the per- is the person a good gardener? Do they have experience with accounting? Uh, working with yeah. children, that's whatever all that is. Too. I should. This should be our first criteria in determining. I mean, the very first question right. is: Is it is it shepherd work predominantly? Because right. everybody's going to do a little bit of some of these things. Right. As an elder, I still do things that probably are more. Elder assistant type things sure. from time to time. But the accountant probably isn't shepherding the church. They're not doing a lot of shepherding, you know. right? They're not. And even though, like, okay, so we, we figure out what bucket we want to put it in. We put that criteria. And then if we need to come along and bring some other yeah. pieces that are reasonable to do. We're hiring yeah. for a position. We need. It, it's reasonable that a person doing music knows how to do music. A person who works, yeah. works with, uh, you know, kids should probably have some, some sort of... Sp- skill or maybe additional sort of people recognize and call 
you know, as they respect them because they're worthy of respect, they respect the work that they do in that role or yeah. whatever that might be, right? This would probably help us quite a bit when it comes to all the uh, sex abuse and child abuse right now in the church that we're reading yeah. about or all the, the uh, squandering of money or, I mean, you name it. If right. we really started with the first goal of a person is what bucket, what office, what right. responsibility they're working in, they meet these requirements, they continually should be meeting these right. requirements, we're assessing them against these requirements, sure. and then we look at the latter extra part of their job, I think we'd be in really good shape. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of an argument why we wouldn't go to this and make an exception like, ah, that person is greedy, but it's okay. That person's a drunk. It's okay. So, I can't think of that term. I can't think of it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying when we begin with God's word, it actually gives us a good foundation or a good starting point Yeah, for life. absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's the point, right? Like, right. Let's, If God says this is who needs to serve my church, we should be okay with that. For sure. Now, it opens up a whole... Yeah. Bunch of issues because yeah. there are people who've created this. Well, what does this mean sure. for women? We can talk about that. What yeah, about I, I don't like... permit a woman to have authority? Well, does a deacon have authority? Or are they the assistant under the elder? Or I don't think a deacon has authority like Paul's getting at. But... I'm realizing as we're getting going here, this is the kind of topic that we probably need to spread out over a couple episodes. Well, you know what's sad? You go to a lot of these books about deacons, or not about deacons, about elders and deacons, and they right. spend very little time on sure. deacons. Like 90% so that... on elders. Ten percent, yeah. Like, oh, we got forty questions on elders and deacons, in which like four of them have to be, like, or right. whatever. Uh, or even if you go to, have you found a good resource on like servants or deacons? Yes, I have. Okay, an absolutely fantastic resource. The Bible, great. Uh, outside of that, I kind of like, I kind of struggle because, I mean, I'm holding a book. I don't want to talk disparagingly about it. And well, even, we've talked about that book before. I know, but even they start with this particular book. Sort of starts with well the. Deacon is separate from the other servants. Oh, it's okay. sort of a, what is the deacon? Well, it's a person who does this and does that. And so what I'm saying is anybody who serves yeah. in the church it's either is either a or an B, elder or a deacon. Yeah. And then underneath the term elder, you can have a title. Pastor, teaching pastor, shepherd, you pick, whatever. Underneath the umbrella of deacon, you can have title, director of music, uh, Minister of whatever, pastoral assistant, accountant. That's what I'm arguing. Sure. Is these are the only two offices. Which I understand is maybe a foreign or new concept. But when I look at God's word, it seems pretty clear that there's two offices and that's what they are. And We're right at the end of a podcast, but so. I'll open this up. I didn't start there. Sure. A year ago, I didn't hold this position. Right. A year ago, I thought that women could not be deacons. Well, then as I really started peeling back, uh, you know, my tradition... And I really started digging into the word and trying to understand this. On the topic of elder, it really started to unpack and open up. Wait a minute. These are the criteria. And if that's the case, is there no place for women? No, there's absolutely a place for women. Here's Phoebe. Hey, what about this? Right. What about that? Wait a minute. Everybody's either, if you're serving the church at this capacity, you should meet these requirements. Well, are you saying a person who comes in on Sunday and makes coffee is a deacon? They're a servant. They're serving. And do you call them a servant? When you say, "Hey, who's serving in the church?" You're gonna are you gonna include the person making coffee or not? Well, they are a servant, but they're not a deacon. But deacon right. means servant. You see what I'm like? You start to really peel this back, it'll sure. really start messing with your head. And I've really had to work through that. And I had a lot of tradition and a lot of these books, like the yeah. one I'm holding up right now, that's not the Bible. <laughs> that sort of fed me this right. catechism, this discipleship of what a deacon is, without 
is started with this is a deacon yeah. now here's some scripture to support it opposed right. to let's really see what the bible says well unfortunately we're out of time and oh, i don't have the footwear to wade through that water right now <laughs> but maybe on our next episode we can kind of look at that and talk about you know the role of women and deacons. you want to go that next yeah maybe we'll, okay. maybe we'll do that next oh boy so in the meantime maybe you have an opinion on the matter you can let us know salty believer at gmail.com or you can find us online at saltybeliever.com. until next time Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.